in today's Live Treasured podcast, Recapture That Joy. Treasure Tribe. I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Live Treasured podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about recapturing joy. I'm here to give you a message straight from the Word of God. For those of you that know, God's Word changed my life, and it is why I am passionate with a capital P to teach to you those timeless biblical truths that can heal soul hearts. And so today, I want us to look into the Word of God to find out how to recapture joy. Now, this is a message that God laid on my heart and I gave out during our Treasured Tribe Retreat this past summer. This summer, we had our first annual Treasured Tribe Retreat. We're planning on doing it next year in July, so that I hope that you'll join the Treasured Tribe and join me there. But this continues to be a teaching that God seems to be bringing to the forefront of my mind. And so I wanted to unpack it again inside of our podcast. So let's dive right in. Um, And the very first thing, the very first point that I want to bring out to you is that God's desire for his daughters is to have joy. That is his desire for you. Romans 15, 13 says this, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you were over flow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then in Galatians 5.22, we see, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And then in Psalm 51, 12, David prays this prayer, restore to me the joy of of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. From those scriptures, we see that God's desire for you, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, is joy. Ecclesiastes 3.22 says this, So I saw that there is nothing better for people for better for people than to be happy in their work. This is our lot in light. And no one can bring us back to see what happens after we die. That God wants you to be happy here as you work inside of your life. God's desires for his daughters is to have joy. But I want to ask you a question. Is anybody out there that is listening to today's podcast saying to themselves, I cannot find 
my joy. That is exactly the space that I was in. In the month of June, I went through a very difficult uh, season. God was having me go through some trials to sort of bring up, you've heard this in my shift your lips podcast series, a root of shame that, that he needed to heal. Um, but inside of that season, it felt like I couldn't find my joy. And so when you and I are feeling that way, when there's that heavy cloud of depression that just seems to settle on your soul, when you feel as I did in June, in June I just don't even want to get out of bed. We need to say to our ourselves, that God's desire for me is to have joy. And so because I can't find it, I need to seek him. And see, here's the truth. If God's desire for you is to have joy, Satan would love nothing more than to take that joy from you. Because the reality is, is that any gift Any gift that the Lord bestows upon his beloved, the enemy loves to steal. He loves to steal it. Um, The holy and one of the ways that Satan loves to destroy our joy is through shame. You see, the Holy Spirit is always doing a new work inside of our life. And sometimes what will happen is that in a transition, when you're moving from one season to another, you can lose your joy because you find yourself stuck, unable to press into the new season. You see, joy is not in a certain season, the Bible tells us that joy is where the Holy Spirit is. It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So you and I must keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And see, the enemy will use shame to shatter the joy of a new season by providing self-sabotaging thoughts and behaviors, preventing you from stepping into your new season or enjoying your new season. Sometimes when a new blessing has entered into your life and it becomes a burden, you may feel like, I made a mistake or I am a mistake, or you may be feeling like there's something that must be wrong with me. And so sometimes what you and I will try to do to recapture the joy again is we'll go back in our past and we'll try to relive an old season or we will decide in our head, this is what I need to give me joy uh, now. And so we'll try to fix our future in, in our new season. Um, and so we may want to go back to the old to recapture the joy or fix the future to try to make the blessing happen. But when you're moving from an old season to a new season, the blessing can sometimes become a burden because God has an, a breakthrough that is essential to equip you to embrace you for the next season. And that brings me to our core scripture today, which is Psalm 143. Now, inside of this psalm that is written by David, 
David is anointed to be king. He's moving from a season. God, uh, David was a shepherd, but now God was calling him to be a king. But in between the time that he was anointed and he received that blessing before he sat on the throne, the blessing became a burden because Saul became jealous of David and began to attack him. His blessing had become a burden. And so inside of this psalm, we hear the heart of David. We hear him crying out to God and basically, you know, saying, is there something wrong? Because my blessing has now become a burden. You said I was moving away from shepherd to become a king, but I don't see that yet. In fact, I'm hiding out inside of a cave from a crazy man name Saul. My blessing has become a burden. And so our this Psalm 143 takes us into this in-between season that David is facing where he's no longer shepherd, but before he becomes king. And we see that the blessing has become a burden inside of his life. In Psalm 143.3, it says this, My enemy has chased me. He's knocked me to the ground and he forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. Verse four, I am losing all hope. I am paralyzed with fear. Then in verse seven, he says this, come quickly, Lord, and answer me for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me or I will die. Is there anybody listening today? And those words are familiar to you. In fact, they capture your feelings. They certainly captured the ones that I had in the month of June, right? I am losing all hope. I am paralyzed with fear. You see, sometimes the enemy will paralyze you in fear to keep you stuck in the middle When your blessing, when your new season on the forefront has now become a burden. But I'm telling you today that sometimes new seasons, the in-between time, it becomes a burden because there's a breakthrough that God wants to give you to equip you for the next season. But inside of this psalm, we see that David was feeling those feelings, not of joy, but of losing all hope and depression. And so what David did is what we must do. We must seek God. When joy is no longer in our life, we must seek the Lord. And so you and I are going to be looking inside of this psalm to see line upon line, precept upon precept, what David did as he sought the Lord to restore his joy. Now, the very first thing that David did is that David rightly divided the truth. He rightly divided the truth about God, about himself, and about the enemy. Verse 1, hear my prayer, O Lord, and listen to my plea. Answer me because you are faithful and righteous. Now, 
I want you to just sit on that for just a moment. You see, God loves you, not based on your character or what you've done. God answers prayer, not based on your worthiness, but based on his character and his love. Has said love in the Bible is not based on on the person that we're giving love to. In other words, in the world, people are loved because they have material wealth or position. People are loved because of what they can give the other person. But no, the agape love in the New Testament has said love in the Old Testament is God's love. And it's a love that's based on the giver. God loves you. And God is there for you, not based on what you do or your performance, but on his character. And that's why David could go boldly before the throne of God and say to him, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and listen to my plea. Answer me. Why? Because you are faithful and righteous. I wonder how would our prayers change if we prayed based on the character of who God is and not who we are. That's what it means to pray in Jesus name. Sometimes when we can't find our joy. And depression sits like a heavy cloud on our soul. Our prayer life seems to fade and become dismal and small because we feel insecure. But the first thing that David did is he rightly divided the truth. And he prayed based off of God's faithfulness. How would your prayers change if you prayed based on God's character and not on you. And then David rightly divides the truth about himself. Verse 2, he says, Don't put your servant on trial, for no one is innocent before you. You see, the truth about it is, is that nobody is worthy enough or could ever earn God's love. Nobody. And sometimes when we're walking through a dark time or when we don't feel worthy enough, we can grow small. But David said, no one, no one is innocent before you. And what a gift as believers that Jesus Christ was our offering for us. So that we could go boldly before the throne because no one is righteous before him. Are you coming to God and feeling insecure because you don't feel good enough? Nobody is good enough. His love his is not something that you earn It's something that you receive. How would your prayer life change? How would your joy change? 
if you took off that need to perform and be perfect and just came into his arms. And then David rightly divided the truth about the enemy. Verse 3, it says, My enemy has chased me. He has knocked me to the ground and forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. I am losing all hope. I am paralyzed with fear. In other words, David rightly divided the truth and he knew that God is good and faithful. It is the enemy who is against us. And our enemy is Satan, the enemy of your soul. He is the ultimate enemy behind all the hurt that you experience inside of your life. And the Bible says in John 10.10 that the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God's purpose is to give us a rich and satisfying life. And that's why we must make sure that when the blessing becomes a burden, that we don't make the mistake of not rightly dividing the truth and saying to ourselves, What is this from? The enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. God has come to give me, the Bible says, a rich and satisfying life. And that's a rich and satisfying life, not with things of this world, but of priceless, eternal blessings inside of our life. And sometimes, imagine David, if he had said, you know, All this is happening to me because of what God is doing. No, David rightly divided the truth. He didn't understand it, but he said, God is faithful, and it's the enemy that is causing this trouble inside of my life. I want to read to you another scripture um, John sixteen twenty three and 24. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I will tell you the truth and you will ask the father directly and he will grant your requests because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Jesus is saying to pray in his name. And when we do that, we rightly divide the truth. We pray based off of God's character. Don't let a season of burden or lack of joy be an opportunity for the enemy to come in and capitalize on your circumstances You must remain true that God is good. He is your good shepherd and pray according to his faithfulness. Rightly divide the truth. The next thing that David did is that David did not deny his feelings. He exposed them freely before the Lord and brought them into the light. I love this. In verse 4, he says, I'm losing all hope and I'm paralyzed with fear. You know, when we lose joy in our life, 
it should be like an engine light into our soul. And a time where we come before a God, and that's exactly what I did in June. Not initially, but eventually it drove me to my knees. And I said, Lord, I feel like I'm under spiritual attack. And I feel this way because I've lost hope. And I'm fearful. And I feel heaviness on me. And bringing it into the light, acknowledging my feelings before God, there's something about that that takes the power that they held over you. And it's like opening up your arms to God for Him to help you. You see, the enemy wants you to say, what's wrong with you? You don't have joy. You need to choose joy. You know, Inside of the, that to me is biblically incorrect. What I see inside of the Bible, and I read those scriptures, they were in Galatians 5.22 and Romans 14, is that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the fruit of joy, right? That as we keep in step with the Spirit, that joy is a fruit of that. But oftentimes, when we don't have joy, we might pretend that we have joy instead of being honest and pressing it into the Lord. And we'll try to manufacture the fruit of joy. And let me tell you that that has limited power in your life. You can do that for a little while, but pretending is exhausting. How many of you know that? And sometimes... When we're around some people, it's not okay for us to share everything with every person, but inside of the intimacy of God, you can bear your soul. And David does it over and over and over again. You see, what we hide, God cannot heal. So if you're feeling these feelings, Bringing them before the Lord and being honest with them brings them into the light. Number three, David verbally praised the Lord for past faithfulness. David verbally praised the Lord for past faithfulness. Now, this this was a new revelation for me. Um, about the power of praise. So I'm, I'm excited, very excited to teach um, on this principle. And I did talk about this a little bit in our Shift Your Lips series. But um, when I was studying for this, it just really brought everything out into the light, the power of praise. And inside of this passage... We see David doing just that. Verse 5, I remember the days of old. I ponder all your great works, and I think about what you have done. I lift my hands to you in prayer. I thirst for you as parched land thirsts for rain. Come quickly, Lord, and answer me, for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me, or I will Died. David verbally praised the Lord for past faithfulness. And this is a huge aha moment for me. Verbal praise connects us to our provider. 
verbal praise because verbal praise connects our provision to God, the provider. And this is essential so that we will not hold on to past seasons, but hold on to the Holy Spirit to bring us into a new season. You see, sometimes what can happen inside of my own life is that the Lord will bring a blessing into your life inside of a season. And then when it's time to shift, and when you're in that in-between stage of moving away from one season or another, if we're not careful, we can hold on too tightly to a provision in a past season. And when that happens, we think, we reason that joy is in the past season, that joy is in that past provision, right? And instead of holding on to God tightly and holding on to the Holy Spirit to step into the new season, we will hold on too tightly into the past. What if David thought, if I could just get back to being a shepherd, right? Like, let me just go back to the days of being shepherd. My life was so uncomplicated then. But look at what David does. He verbally praises the Lord. I remember the days of old. I ponder your great works and think of what you've done. And then he says, I lift my hands to you in prayer. I thirst for you as parched land thirsts for rain. Come quickly, Lord, and answer me. And so David praises the Lord for past faithfulness And then he prays to the Lord because God is his provider. And he doesn't tell him. In other words, he he has that past praise of God's faithfulness will remind us that our provision is in the Lord. And if we try to hold on too hard to past seasons, to past seasons in our life, we can't progress into the new season and we'll consistently be trying to recapture that joy in our old season. Are you tracking with me? The next thing that David did is David sought the Lord first each morning for his unfailing love. Verse 8 Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I am trusting you. You see, it's God's unfailing love, that daily connection with God that brings us confidence to move into the next season. I know for me, I want to hear God's words spoken over me every day. And relationship is built through words, through, you know, God speaking to us. And that's why it's critical for every believer every day to seek God's love in the morning. If you know that you are loved by God and that he is with you. And for me, there is no more tangible way that he does that for me. Then when I'm inside of his word and the Holy Spirit lifts a scripture off the page and he nourishes my soul, that gives me confidence because I know that with God, I am never, ever alone. And so here was David inside of this cave 
um, hiding out from Saul. And David prayed, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning. And David not only sought the Lord for his unfailing love, he sought the Lord for the next step. Verse 8b says this, show me where to walk for I give myself to you. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord. I run to you to hide me. Teach me to do your will for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. You know, it is so important for us to seek the Lord for the next step. And this is what I love about David. David did not see himself as stuck. You know, shame will keep us stuck. Shame will give us a victim mentality that will render us powerless when we're not. And it may seem like we're stuck. David was in a cave and he was told he was going to be king. And, you know, how is all this going to happen? And maybe it is that you're in an overwhelming place and you know that God has called you into a new season, but you don't see how you can get from A to B. And shame will tell you that you're stuck. But no, David's desire was not for him to go backwards, but to move forward to move forward. He said, show me where to walk. Now, shame will keep you stuck. Shame will tell you, um, like, for example, in David's situation, uh, when he had left being a shepherd, he was anointed as king, but not king yet. Shame could speak to the circumstances that David was in, because after all, he was in a cave, and tell him, see, you're never going to be king. Who do you think you are? You need to stay back and stay sheltered. You need to stay stuck. You don't deserve to move forward, right? Go back to being a shepherd. See how the enemy can use shame and the shame, if the shame is giving your marching orders, you will self-sabotage your next season because you'll stay stuck. David's goal was not let me fix my future, not let me figure it out, but Lord, just let me follow you. Just give me, God, give me those next steps to take. You know, when Joshua was conquering the promised land in Joshua chapter 1, um. That's exactly what the Lord told him. Uh, in one six, it says, Be strong and courageous, for you're the one that's going to lead the people to possess all the land I swore to the ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually, just like David Meditated on an unfailing love. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now before that, up in verse 1, it says that Moses died, right? And that the Lord now spoke to Joshua 
and said, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has is come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot on the land I have given you. See, Joshua, number one, Moses had died. Moses was a past provision, and it was a good provision. But now that season was over. And Joshua, in order for him to not only walk in his own joy, but to lead others into the promised land, had to not only meditate on the word, but to follow the Lord and set his foot. He had to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And so many times when we lose our joy, we get overwhelmed and we try to recapture it in the past or we try to fix our future. We need to recenter the goal and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but just let me hear of your unfailing love and then show me the next step to take. In the summer of uh, 2020, this, these verses, Psalm 143, verses 8 through 12, every single morning, I would pray those because I was in a tough spot. And the Lord just impressed upon my heart, all you have to do is take the next step. And really, we overcomplicate things. And a lot of times it comes from good motives, like we want to recapture our joy, but God says, just follow me. Are you weary and worn out because you're trying to fix something? Perhaps it is that God wants you to know today to redirect your goal from fixing to following. And that's essential because, see, if not, shame will be directing your steps instead of the Holy Spirit. And so he sought the Lord for next steps, and he sought the Lord to hear of his unfailing love. And then David surrendered. It says this, verse 11, For the glory of your name, O Lord, preserve my life. Because of your faithfulness, bring me out of this distress. In your unfailing love, silence all my enemies and destroy my foes. For I am your servant. David surrendered. David surrendered to the Lord's plan. And often... On the other side of our surrender is not only our joy, but it is the joy of others. Where is God calling you? What is he asking you to do? I want to close today by reading one more scripture. And so the Israelites uh, are getting ready to conquer the promised land. And in verse uh, Joshua 5, 9, it says this, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt, an old season. So that place has been called Gilgal to this day. 
And so before they could proceed forward, the shame from their old season had to roll away. And I want to ask you a question. Are you stuck in an old season when the Holy Spirit is pressing you to move forward? Today is the day that he's rolled away the shame of what you were once attached to, to bring you into the goodness that he has for you. And that is how you recapture joy for this season in your life. Thanks so much for listening in. Hey, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, will you consider going on iTunes and rating our podcast and writing a review? It helps to expand our reach to help more women. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.